Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, but it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening in on another episode of Road to Damascus. Um, Today is a special show for me because I have a special guest in here, but I'll introduce them in a second. But I'm going to always introduce the man who has been consistently here with me for the past couple of shows. And that is my main man, Stefan. Say what's up, Steph. What up? <laughs> How's everybody feeling today? Good, good. I heard y'all respond. And today, um, neither Vince or Lauren are with us, but I have a special guest. Someone who is uh, very special to me. A mentor, a friend, a sister. Elder Shonda Rushing, but I call her Rabbi. So if y'all just hear me call her the rabbi, say hello, rabbi. Hello, everybody. See, you get a round of applause. I appreciate you coming today. This is very, very special for me. So I hope everybody had a good holiday. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving. It was good. Yeah, mine was solid, too. I had a nice uh, vegan Thanksgiving. Vegan? Yes. We had lentil loaf with mushroom sauce. We had um, plant-based cheese, macaroni and cheese. Very good. Now, that's good. It is. You know what? And surprisingly, we had stuffing. My mom cooked this stuffing, vegan stuffing. Amazing. You couldn't even tell the difference. And the last time I had stuffing was actually when I was a meat eater, which was three-plus years ago. Okay. Stuffing was amazing. Okay, well. Let's not forget the stream beans. And the cornbread. <laughs> That's it. I had to say the whole meal. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had. I, I, I ate uh, traditional Thanksgiving, except in a black household, traditional Thanksgiving isn't always centered around the turkey. Let's just keep that 100. So, um, well, thank you guys for being here today. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to go ahead and delve right into the topic. So, the topic today is why is the church overall uncomfortable when it comes to any type of sex or anything innuendos about sex or anything that has to do with sexual education or just talks about sex in general. So I'll tell you how this topic came about. I was at home on Sunday after the sh- uh, the podcast last week, I was editing for the shows about, um, is it ever okay to lie? Which we just had a very good off the mic conversation about. Is it ever okay to lie? We definitely did. So we might have to do a sequel with Shonda <laughs> and she comes back with us. So it might be, yes. so stay tuned. It might be a part two to, is it ever okay to lie? But, um, so, um, my wife has shown me this article that was about Candace Cameron Burr. Um, some of you might remember her. She plays on full house and then the reboot of full house and, she is a very devout Christian woman, um, very expressive in her views and her walks. But the reason the article kind of struck me was because she had her, I believe it was her and her husband's anniversary, and they had put a, two pictures on their Instagram post, and it said sweet and spicy. And the one picture was just his arm around her, and it was a cute little picture. And then the very next picture for the spicy picture was his arm still at in the same way, but it was now his hand was touching her breast and it wasn't vulgar. It was just a cute little innocent picture. But then the comments underneath the picture, 
by people who would call themselves believers was very um, derogatory, very um, off-putting, you know, just come, cutting into her, questioning her Christianity. Why would she put something out there like that? And she knows the kind of people that follow her. And then she um, responded to the critics and put out a statement about how growing up as a Christian and the issues that she had with sexuality and how we need to be able to have these conversations because we grew up in a church where we don't talk about these things. So there were uncomfortable things that she had to deal with growing up because sex wasn't heavily talked about within the church, sexual education, anything like that. So I, I, I know I kind of gave y'all the long winded version of how this topic came to be, but, um, I sent both of y'all the article. Um, so I want to get a quick, before we really dive into the conversation, I just want to get a quick uh, opine of what you guys think. We'll start with you, Rabbi. <laughs> well, um, I think that one reason why sex is not talked about in the church is because they seem to have this idea that sex is just for procreation. And that is so not true. You know, if if the only reason you should have sex is to have children, then what happens when you get to the age where you can no longer have children? I guess we just high-five each other and go to bed. <laughs> I think that people need to come out of the glory cloud and get into the glory bed, you know, and find each other. Because you realize after a while you have no relationship. So another reason is in order to talk about it in the church, you have to admit that you've been having sex. You know, we can't have that discussion unless you admit that you're doing it. And I don't think people want to admit it, but we know you're doing it because we see all these little extra Christians. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Going off of that point, I was going to say, the reason why a church really doesn't talk about it, because to be honest, in some of the modern day churches, it's in our nature to pretend. Yeah, right? Absolutely. You go to church, they don't want to talk about those. Those are taboo. You don't want to talk about sex. You shouldn't be doing it anyways. Truth is, people are having sex. Yeah. People are. They don't want to talk about it, so they just say, you know what? You okay? I'm okay. You, you okay? I'm okay. So it, it's just never brought up, you know, and it's one of those kind of things that they try to gear more towards the things that probably are relevant, except those things that are extremely relevant. Those, talk about sex. Sex is a big part of our world. You know, everything is so based off of sex. You know, everything you turn on the TV, you see a commercial. In order, the number one marketing scheme to sell something is sex. Yeah. Nothing else sells a product better than sex. You know, it could be toothpaste and they'll show somebody brushing their teeth all sexy. <laughs> I've never seen anybody wear that <laughs> when they brush their teeth right. in the morning. You know, so it's, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of how I feel, you know, when, where it comes to the topic of, of, you know, sex in the church. So we, we all grew up in, in the church per se, growing, going to church and the thing, and that was even my basis for even starting the road to Damascus was to have honest conversations that we don't have. Talk about things, show the honest behind the scenes Christian look. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, what we've, I've noticed that we come because I don't remember sex ever being talked about in a healthy way. I just remember you being told what not to do, what not to do when it comes to sex. 
You're not supposed to be kissing. You're not supposed to be touching. You're not supposed to be lusting and not being honest that we are born in sin and shaping an iniquity in this flesh will desire these things. And when you begin to do it, and then the thing is, is when you make something sound bad and then you experience it and the experience is anything but bad. Now you're like, oh, y'all was lying to me because that felt good. And and if we don't have those kind of conversations and be honest about them, I think that we just need to go ahead and and have sex education within the church as a talk to be healthy. So we can start talking about healthy forms of sex. And we don't even do that. No. We don't talk about masturbation. We don't talk about um, same-sex attraction. We don't talk about any of those things. So what it is is because we don't talk about it and we only shun you for having these feelings, Mm -hmm. then what people do is they begin to hide them. And then when you look up, um, Susie is 15 years old and pregnant. Yep. Uh, what do we talk about? I think we talked about that on a recent show. You know, by you denying a truth of where you are in your life does not help you to get past that 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 stronghold or that shortcoming. So when somebody can't be honest on where they're at, so they come up to you and they say, hey, I'm going through, through some issues. I'm doing the same thing I've been doing. What is it? You know, it's just, it's just some things I've been dealing with. It's sex related. More than more than more than likely is sex related. They don't. It's taboo, so nobody talks about it. Nobody says, you know, I've had sex five times this week, and we only got five days. This week. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's already Friday. I saw you on Monday already. Nobody wants to talk about that, so they say, you know, I've been having some issues. I'm trying to overcome this. I've been going. I've been dealing with the same thing. Those are this generation is a highly sexual charged generation, and so everything is about sex. By you denying where you are and not talking about those things does not further bring somebody closer to God. It actually draws them away from it. Right. You know, you talk about those things in the church and you say, Hey, we really need to have a discussion about sex in the church. The various things about sex, wherever somebody's at, every single person has a different mentality and idea of sex. Those things need to be talked about. And then that's how you can help free somebody from a stronghold they may be dealing with. Not by avoiding a topic. Right. You know? We're all sexual and sensual. You know, God created us with all these wonderful, amazing nerve endings that do all these wonderfully amazing things when when touched. You can't avoid that. There's no need in lying about that. And our generation, we were taught to suppress that and hide that. Right. And it shows up in different ways because you can't stomp out sexual energy. It will pop up in other places, which is why you have people who get 45 trying to relive their teens and they can't stay married to one woman. Okay. Or you have the issue like um, the Hillsong's pastor who just lost his job. um, Because he got caught. Right. You know, we don't know how long it's been happening. It happened, started like right at the beginning of Corona. She came out and kind of, yeah, told the whole truth. So if he wasn't going to tell it, she was going to tell it. And then his wife somehow found out and he called her and said, you know, my wife found out I got ended. So, but continue. I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off. No, no, no. It's fine. <clears throat> we have desire. All of us. We have desire. The devil has enticement. 
So when we are tempted is when we are drawn away of our own desire and enticed. Let me scratch that scripture off my list because <laughs> I definitely was going to use that at some point. <laughs> so if you don't deal with desire, then you fall prey to the enticements. So we have to deal with, you know, sex. We have to talk about it. It shouldn't be taboo. It's natural. It's natural to want it. It's natural to do it. We have to just let people know this is the framework where you can have all the sex you want. Right. And then it's not. And Jesus said, be fruitful and multiply. Right. So be fruitful with one another. Because like I I mentioned this to Stefan um, when we were talking on the phone earlier is there is a book in the Bible that is rarely ever talked about, but it does exist. And it's right between, uh, I believe, Psalms and Proverbs. Or, and it's called the Songs of Solomon. And if you read the Songs of Solomon, this is talking about someone's desire for somebody else. Right. About their, you know, I mean, it, it talks in a way that they used to talk back then about the myrrh between my chest of my breast and yes. you being between my breast and my lips and the vineyards. And it's very, it's a lot of innuendos. Right. about sex throughout that whole scripture. And even when you hear people who do counseling for marriage, mm-hmm. they don't even reference the songs of Solomon. And you have people who, like you said, we are sexual beings. We grow up and then we get married. And because we haven't been taught the proper type of sex or healthy sex, then if you don't teach people sex, they're going to learn it from somewhere else. Yep. And typically where they learn it from, is stuff they see on the internet, on television, and now what? Now you think that pornography is the way that you're supposed to have a loving sexual relationship because that's how you were taught. Right. Because, like you said, if you don't teach them, that void will be filled with some information from somebody. Yep. Yep. That's why people get their sexual education from, you know... The uh, internet. Right. Get it from internet, TV, you know, school. Right. Things like that. And then they're not taught the correct way to approach sex. They're taught how to do the acts of sex. Right. Think about that. They're taught how to do the acts, not how to be celibate from, you know, sex, to wait for sex until marriage and to to actually have healthy sex within the marriage. But they're taught how to actually do sex now where they're at now you know what you guys need to just live free have fun with who you want this generation is like that this generation talks about oh you know they're trying to erase the word you know back in the day when they you know said like oh right you know like we talked about i think we talked about this before the show right (laughs) Right. you know your your mom's not oh she was just friendly She visited the uh, drive-in every weekend, (laughs) you know. Yeah, no. So it's like that. Nowadays, oh, no, you're not a hoe. You're just, you're living your best life. Right. Shouldn't be that way. No. These things have become a detriment to void of, of that commune with God. Those are things that draw you away from God. People talk about the main things. Those are the hidden things deep down that can actually create a root, you know, of, of sin right. that can grow into a tree 
You know how the scripture talks about, I think I'm, I'm just kind of paraphrase it when, you know, sin is like a, a, you know, it starts off small and then once it grows, it's pretty much death, right? Right. That's what the, that's what the characteristic of sin it takes on. And that's just a paraphrase of it. But that's the issue. So sex is something that definitely needs to talk about. I'm pretty sure every single person here has probably talk, thought about sex one time today. I'm, Let's go with maybe two or three. <laughs> right. There we go. I was going to say, I was going to point at Brock and say 10 times. <laughs> Let's see. No, we ain't about, we ain't about <laughs> to do that. We ain't about to, we ain't about to do that. No, so, but I'll say it at least one time. Right. And everybody that's probably listening can say at least one time today they've thought about sex, right? right? All those other issues you probably haven't thought about. Sex sometimes is an escape from an issue. Right. So that means that this is really an issue that needs to be dealt with. If this is an escape from an existing issue right. that you are in prayer about, and then you use sex as the escape mm-hmm. instead of using God as the escape, that is an issue. Right. And when you have holes that need to be voided, you're going to fill those voids with things. And a lot of times it's sex. It's Pe- right. I mean, statistics show you people who've been sexually abused usually go one or two ways in the more common way uh, statistically speaking is they become more promiscuous. Right. Like if a, if a child is sexually assaulted, young male or female, they typically become more promiscuous mm-hmm. when they become adults. And then even you see within like the Catholic church that they don't even um, allow their priests to marry. Mm-hmm. And what that then in turn turns into what? Friendship with the altar boy. Friendship with the or with the nuns, where you find churches that have dead babies in, in the walls, in the walls because nuns would uh, get pregnant, have either abortions or have births, and just hide the babies until the babies die, because the baby might have died during birth or something like that. What you never heard? Heard? Yeah, that's. Well, yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, that's, they, they will find that's some of these sinister. in these churches. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like and like it and literally. like and like the rabbi said, you um, which I know people like. Is she Jewish? No, she's not Jewish. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. And rabbi just means teacher. That it literally just means teacher. That's it. That's it. So that's why I call her rabbi. Um, but you say it if you have that desire, it's going to come out. And you have to get that desire filled. So what we need to do is now discuss what ways do you think that we can begin to have um, talks and educational talks in the church? Like, what, what would that look like? What, where would that begin? I mean, it, it, first it would begin with the truth. Let's have a conversation. You know, at, how, how do you bring up every other topic in church? Let's talk about it and see where the Holy Spirit takes it. Well, I'm, right. Well, real quick, before you think, of, keep your points up. Okay. But even like we'll put somebody, for instance, I've known people that their kids are getting married, like the, not married, their pastor, a pastor's kids will get pregnant mm-hmm. and they'll make their child come in front of the congregation and kind of like they'll call them out. But my thing is, is should we put you in front of the congregation? Because I've been here for 10 years and you ain't never brought up sex period. Not in Bible study, not in Sunday school. So are you even talking about it at home? Because you're, this is your flock. 
So I'm assuming they here every Sunday with everybody else. So if they ain't getting to talk, if you ain't talking to my kids the way you're talking to their kids, then I don't even know what you're doing. So right, like, you, like, hey, Dad, I, I I got everything I need to start the world, but we didn't talk about this thing between my legs. Don't worry about that. We talk about that later on. <laughs> you, yeah, we don't, don't don't worry about that tool right now. You use that later on. So then now he goes to school, and then you know people that didn't have these talks and grew up in different backgrounds are telling him what he can do with it. Right. right. And 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 oh, as a boy, you should do this you as should a, do that. Right. Like I, I didn't I didn't you know I, I was twenty one when I first engaged in um, sexual yeah. intercourse. Okay. Right. I tried to wait early on. You know, I, I, my parents had talked to me about it. Right. Like, hey, these are the things about sex. But before they talked to me about it, I had cousins that talked to me about it. They didn't talk to me about it in the way you think. Mm-hmm. They talked to me and showed me how I should do it. Okay. And I'm like, wait, what? It was oh, about the axe. Like it you was about up. the axe. Right. It literally was about the axe of how to have sex. Right. It was never discussed as, now, these are the things that you don't, you don't want to do this. The reason being is you can have a kid right now and all these kind of things. They talked about everything contrary to that. Okay. So then I, I made those decisions on my own because I wanted to have that faith walk with God. Like, you know, let me stay committed. Word says you shouldn't have sex until you get married. Let right. me try to wait until I, until I get married. So it's easier for me to make that decision because I had never consecrated that. I never had sex. Right. So it was easy. Right. Emotional things happen. That's why I can speak on that. Emotional things happen with me. And you found the way to fill that void. And I found the way to fill the void. So one issue, the lack of one issue was like, you know what? It's going back to the default. Let me, that that, that sexual desire was already there. Mm -hmm. But now I was like, you know what? Let me expound upon this. You were using it to fill a void. I was using it to fill a void. And it never filled a void. It just, it actually added more, more junk, Mm -hmm. you know? It was just another thing. Then that became more dominant. The sexual issues. Now it's not. No, it's, it's no longer this issue. Now it's the sexual issue. Right. That's why I can speak on that to say, you know what, sex is one of the worst gateways. It's one of the worst ones. The reason being is because of the fact that when it's used improperly, and when it's not being blessed by God, mm-hmm. it becomes a den of iniquity for you, right? You begin to spiral. You spiral from from sex. Every single time you have sex, especially if the Holy Spirit is living in you, you get this feeling of guilt. You know, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. Until that flesh rises up. That flesh rises up and you forget about it. Then after you had the act, you, you commit the act, then you feel terrible about it. Then you do that so many times, that feeling of feeling terrible about it starts to go away, away, right? Then you're wondering why you're not hearing from the voice of God anymore. You're not hearing, I I just feel numb about certain things. You know, things aren't just working out for me in the way I wanted it to. Because you fully engaged. And now this this little small little seed, right, turn into a tree. A tree. To where it literally has foliage and it's blocking the sun. And you haven't been sharpening your axe. You ain't been sharpening your axe. You ain't been pruning none of that back. Right. So now all of this is a canopy of God's glory. And it hides you away from it. But then as you people in the church, 
that are supposed to be advisors for you can talk about these things. What are you really dealing with? I want to know everything you're dealing with. Is it sexual? A lot of people get quiet when they hear the sexual part. I, I, I mean, now is it sexual? Right. You really need to talk about that. What are the issues that you're dealing with that are sexual? Are those one of the issues that you're dealing with? A lot of people don't want to have those conversations. We don't got to discuss that. Just a lot, just pray about that. See what God can do. For you. They don't want to talk about it right. because people got their own exactly issues with that. The only way I can talk to you about your sexual issues is if I reveal my own. And I can't keep up this image, you, you know, of perfection if I tell you my sexual sin. There you go. You know, like, listen, you married. This should it's far removed from you now. You right. don't have to appear to be perfect. You know what I mean? But this this image that people create that you want everybody to look up to and you want everybody to respect, nobody's respecting it because I don't respect anybody who hasn't fallen. I don't respect you if you haven't if you've never made a mistake. I don't respect perfection because I know it doesn't exist. There you go. So the moment you appear to me that you have it all together, I'm out. You've already lost me. Yep. Because now you're hiding something. Now, now think about this. Imagine a week after Carl Lentz, um, that was the pastor of Hillsongs, met that woman. And he stood up in front of his congregation and said, I come to you all today. Last week I met a woman that almost made my foot slip that I am dealing with right now through the, the pandemic and being in the house with my wife and kids is something that I haven't been used to doing. It's been a little bit, a lot of pressure on me. And I met somebody who's an escape from that. And I came close to, I matter of fact, as I stand here, I have the desire right. to call this person, but I know it's wrong. He wouldn't have lost his job, and people probably would have respected him they way more. Around <laughs> him, you know. It, hopefully, he had that conversation with his wife first. Right. No. Yeah. 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 Then I, you know, then. The yep. congregation. Because if you feel like that, she should know. Right. Yep. You know, she should be the second part, the third person to know. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you expose it because you can't heal what you. Hide. But if you don't expose it, it's an issue. It I think what what pastor was? I think it was Billy Graham, right? I it could be I could be wrong, right? Billy Graham said, I think I I, I think it is. I think me and Caillou had this, this talk. Billy Graham said after he preached, he would have somebody go in his hotel rooms and check the hotel room before he went in there. Because he was so weak from preaching that if somebody was in that room, they was gonna get what they wanted. You understand? So he had to be transparent about that to say, you know what? I have to have somebody go in my room because I have my own fleshly issues and desires. So let me just eliminate this. Let me have somebody go in and check to see if there's anything in that room that they can eradicate for me. Right. Like Terminex. Right. And get this thing up out this room. I need the, I need the orchid man. Yeah, the orchid man. There you go. That's not a sponsored plug. No, no, that's not. <laughs> but yeah, no. Right. And you see, these, these are the, he, but he was being transparent about it. Right. A lot of people aren't going to talk about that because pastors, especially bigger churches, Billy Graham ran a huge well, church. He, well, he wasn't. He was more of an evangelist traveling. I don't think he necessarily had a church. That's, but that's even worse, right? Oh no, because you he, got somebody that knows everybody, right? right? 
they're looked upon as superstars in a right. way. What, what that, so and that's why I brought waiting up. at his hotel rooms. Right. He has probably a guest that I, I forgot my card up in this room. Can you give me the, the, right. the card to what's your room? Somebody at the front that's not paying attention. Right. 210. That's Billy Graham's room. Right. So now they're waiting in there in clothes that. Right. Or no clothes at all. Well, well right. that's why I even brought up Carl Lentz. And the reason I brought him up, because he was considered a pastor for celebrities. Justin right. Bieber and, yeah. and 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 uh, Chris Pratt and people like that. So you start to get enthralled in that Hollywood lifestyle. Right. And you're not honest about the things that you have issues with. You then, what, become a victim of those issues. Right. Of, of the enticements. When you don't deal with the desire, you fall prey to the enticements. So just be honest about it. I don't know why that's such an issue. Oh, that was last week about being honest. So that was last show. <laughs> Is it ever okay? See, that's why I needed you last week. Because it's ever, but it's it, but it's still a relevant topic. It's still a relevant topic. But um, and and the reason that because if you notice the other shows, it's kind of the topics have been. Um, ambiguous and things, but this topic to me needed to be just dived right into. Don't don't sugarcoat it. Don't play around with it. Don't make any windows because I really believe that this is important to have a conversation like this because we we just don't hear these conversations centered at all. And that's why even last year we had um a uh, um a you we had a, a we had a camp for the kids for one week where every day they had different people speak. And one of the days I spoke and the day I spoke, I was very transparent about all of these conversations with the kids mm -hmm. because I look at it like this. Um, I have a, a eight year old daughter. I, I believe in um, protecting my home. So there's a gun in my house to protect my house. What if I told y'all I let my daughter play with the gun? I've never taken her to the gun range. I just let her play with the gun. Y'all would look at me like I was crazy, right? Yes. Absolutely. Because that person needs to be trained, needs to understand the safety standards, the detriments that can happen, and things like that. Well, we let people walk around with these sexual desires is like a loaded gun. Mm -hmm. And if you don't educate, talk about the experiences, what can happen good, what can happen bad, why you need to learn how to use this, then what happens? They fired all over. The place. <laughs> fired all there over the place. Place, and now you have an issue, and then you look and be like, "I should have educated more." When, when, see, we want to start having the conversations after they come and tell you they're pregnant. We want to have a conversation after they tell you they got chlamydia mm -hmm. or whatever other STD they could get. I mean, you understand? What I'm it's too late now. Like we should have had this conversation leading up to. We should have because we. The only thing I think it's we not ever, too late. I believe those are curable. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just add that in for those listening. No, you can seek help. There's a concentra almost everywhere. A lot of this different, guy. <laughs> a lot of different walk-in clinics. Yeah. Seek help. You'll be yeah. fine. No, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's how we have to look at it. Like sex can be a weapon. And if it's Absolutely. not properly, um, harnessed and talked about and, and, and shown and given instructions and walk through because the most we might teach our kids about sex is good touch, bad touch. Mm -hmm. Like this is your private areas. If somebody touch you here, 
that's the most we might have a conversation. But then they want to know, well, why is that good touch, bad touch as they get older, but we never even broach it anymore after that. After they get a certain age, now it's just kind of like, um, especially if you have a son compared to a daughter, you only want to talk to your daughter about sex. It's like you shouldn't be having sex. And then, and, and, I, and I'm going to bring this up because Noel Jones, who I, I absolutely love and adore, I am a huge fan of Noel Jones. One time I heard him give a sermon. And in the sermon, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said that we teach our sons to never say no, but we teach our daughters to say no. Mm-hmm. And when you when you raise men to say no, not to say no, and you have them then encounter women who are taught to say no. Now you have an issue because you can one have an issue with a man who now becomes overly aggressive and now wants to take it. Or you have a woman who tries to get it from the man. And now if that man says no, or he's gay, he's this was wrong with you. you, Instead of like Stefan, you said that you were 21. Mm -hmm. People would have looked at you like you're a good looking guy. You, you ain't had sex yet. When I was growing up and I passed it on, but when I was growing up, people used to say, I've had sex before. We'd be like, oh, you lying. Like we would call them liars. They'd be like, yeah, no, I've had sex before. You'd be like, yeah, okay. You didn't believe them because it wasn't, it still was not really out there like that. Now we're to the stage in society where when somebody tells you they're a virgin, you don't believe believe. They didn't believe me. (laughs) When I said I was 20, you're lying. Why you got to lie about that? Right. Most guys want to brag. I'm like, listen, I'm not lying. Right. I was really being honest. Like, why would I lie about that? Why would I lie about that? Shouldn't I be like everybody else? Like, you know, boasting? No, I really have it. And yeah, it was it was rough. And so think how that shift has happened. But that's because we haven't educated. And when we leave a void for the world to feel, the world will feel that void. That's true. And and we just need to have better conversations and more concise conversations. So I have I know we end up going off on another topic, but so back to what I had asked before, what do you think, where do you think it starts? I know, I think you said honesty or being honest, Rabbi, was that you or Steph? That's uh, it. I think that was Steph. Yeah, I think I might've said but, that. So, all right. So, but what, what would that look like? What would being sound educationally, Rabbi, I'm going to throw this to you. What would that look like for you? I come to you and I say, Rabbi, I need you to teach a class about sex at, at the church for the, the kids, the youth, since they always throw the youth your way, the teenagers too, your way. What? How would that look for you? Honestly, I don't know uh, because I don't think the conversation should start at church. Okay. The conversation should start at home. Okay. Like my son's 11. We've had this discussion. More than once. Okay. I would expect that he'd be able to have the discussion. You know, he's more embarrassed about it than I am. Right. Uh, Hey, listen, you got all these, these, all these tools and, 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 you know, balls and bats. Right. (laughs) I need you, you step up to the plate. You know, I need you to understand what's happening. I need you, you wake up in the morning, you know, fellas, you know, all your stuff is on the outside. Everything's visible. Right. If it hits you, bam, the whole world knows. Definitely. So when you wake up in the morning, when you come say good morning, okay, let's talk about this. You right. Know, so we need to have, the, I need you to know what your body's doing. Right. So that conversation needs to start 
at home. So if we're going to have a class at church that involves sex. You're going to start with the parents. It has to start with the parents. I would agree with that. I like that. That's why you're the rabbi. That's because you reproduce after your kind. If you've got it wrong, your children are going to have it wrong. If you all are at home and you're married and your sex life still isn't healthy because marriage doesn't change how you feel about sex. It doesn't change the way you do it. It doesn't change how you think about it. You go into the relationship with what you know. That's what you're going to pass on to your children. So if you want to get it right, you got to start with the parents. So what about the approach that aren't, you know, kids, these are adults that are going through, you know, problematic areas as far as sexual immorality, things like that. And when I say sexual immorality, that is a umbrella yeah. of, you know, sexual issues. Right, right. Right. So right, how, how, how sexual perversion is sexual right. perversion. There we go. So right. how yeah. would we address that one? You mean openly? Like how would we Yeah, no, no. So you said start with at home with the adults to the parent. Well, no, she said yeah. if she said yeah. if they came to her, if I came to her with that proposition, she said she's gonna say, I don't want to talk to the kids first. I wanna have a class with the adults, the parents first. Right. Whether they even like everybody who's an adult of a certain age, let's just say of 18 and older needs to be there because the possibility that it can be a parent. Oh, I thought you said it started at home first. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's saying it should start it at should home. Start at home first. So but that's what I'm saying. So what I'm going to do it at the church. I can't start with the kids. I got you. So only reason why you're saying started at home is to pretty much warm the kids up to the idea of a sexual talk. At church. Well, no, because if she, right, if she, no. I think what she's saying is, is if you send me your kids and I have a conversation about sex with them and you're not reinforcing what I've said at home, it's going to be off or not. Or if you're contradicting what I'm saying, right. it's going to be off or not. So I need to have a conversation with parents first and say, this is what I'm going to talk to your children about. This is the approach. This is how you need to talk about it at home and, and, and go on. So next week when I talk to your children, this is what we're going to be talking right. about. This is how you need to, talk about it this is how you need to reinforce it and if you have children going forward these are some of the approaches you should do you should start in stages after they're about six or seven you know you you start young with the good touch bad touch and then they reach a certain stage now we're talking about your body starting to change because and i'm and let's just be honest about it i've i've come across parents who've talked about their children who um masturbate at a young age because something so like I had a parent one time who told me that her daughter was about six years old started masturbating she had got chicken pox and because of the scratching and things like that she had bumps everywhere so when she's scratching everywhere they were some close to not on her but close to that so when you start to scratch and rub it all it started to become a sensation for her so she said like she you know, we'll see her daughter sometimes just kind of like rubbing on the ground in a way like mm-hmm. from the, the itching. And then it just kept going after the right. chicken pox. And she started first. She just kind of thought. But then she started to say, no, no, no. I think this is something else. Right. And they had a conversation about it. But I'm saying it. Some parents will see that, especially church folks. Like, oh, Pastor, I need you to pray. Yeah, you need to pray about what? This is not a demon that needs to be cast out. You know, this is a conversation that needs to be had. And if you look at it now, you can hear it in the churches. <laughs> Go ahead. It grinds my soul to the bone. 
how upset everybody gets when they talk about all this information that's coming down through the schools to the children. You hear how upset the parents get. You know, they, like te- they talking about uh, my children about homosexuality and the history of you know homosexuals, and they get so upset. You know about it. It's a conversation you should be having. You know, you should be more upset that your kid doesn't already know. Right. You should be more upset that the first introduction is not coming from you. But they're so upset. And that's why I say the first conversation can't come from me to the children because, you know, parents get tricky about their kid. And so we can all go home and survive, you know, so we might have catch these hands. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start the conversation no, with you, the adults. I see. I think I y'all kind of missed my point, though, in that. I think I meant more so how do we dr- address it to not children but young adults. Oh, okay. 20 and up. This 18 is exactly and up. what I would do. 18 and up, all right? So they're dealing with issues. I my class. Okay. I would walk, walk into the class and I would say. So let, no, let's do it like a framework. So let's say you've got a Bible class of people, right? Okay. 50 to 60, you know, people between the ages of 18 and 35 are in here. Okay. And this is a... Uh, a class. What, what, what would you name it? I wouldn't name it. You wouldn't name it? No. 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 Because when you, if you name it, people tense up and they start to try to anticipate and they try to prepare. Okay. I don't want you to prepare. Okay. Um, you're going to come in. I want to shock you. I want to interrupt the pattern of thinking. And now we can have a discussion. Okay. So I would just come in and I would say, hey, who's having sex? Or who wants to? And Rocky didn't raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, G. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I thought I thought we were having class. I'm yeah. sorry. And then we would have a discussion from there. You know, right. We would talk about, you know, we would talk about sex. You know what it's for. You know, we we would talk about the origin of it. You know the the experience of it. You know it 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 was given to us to represent the experience of the glory of God. You know it wasn't given just to have children. So we would have to talk about it and help people understand that it's natural and it's okay. I want it too. We all want it. And then you just go from there. You know, people ask their questions. You answer their questions. I think that would be dope. Yeah. I actually like that idea. Yeah. I probably would have, I probably would have tried to name it to be, uh, grandiose. but, but, but I, but I do like the fact because a lot of times in society, when we put a name or something, people come in with an expectation. Yeah. So if you don't put a name to it, then all of a sudden people don't know what to expect. Sometimes you draw a crowd though like that too. Yeah, I mean, but but they still won't be as honest because typically people don't start to be honest and open till they start to see other people be open and honest. So, so that's I'd why I have to be the first one. There we go. I was yeah. gonna say that. You yeah. nobody's gonna be honest on your first one. No, no. Well, it depends. It like like you. Shonda like Shonda was having a, a class, uh Heal Your Soul class, and I was there. And I think the first, I was the first one out the gate that was yeah. honest because I'm that that person. Well, he wasn't even gonna come. Yeah, just throw that out. Okay, right. But but I I felt like I needed to come, um, to because she shot me a text like I really want you to come. Just if you don't like it after this, come. So I came, and and it ended up being like life. That's how we got very close the way we are now. But what I'm saying is is some a lot of people won't be honest. You could call it whatever you want to call it. You could call it sex 101, sexual education, sexual healing. You know, you could play some Marvin Gaye while they're coming in. They will not be honest. So what what it has to be is, is you have to come in and be honest about 
what you've dealt with, what you're dealing with. I, 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 you know, if you're struggling with pornography, say I struggle with pornography. If you struggle with with social media, say I struggle. No, that, with, I think with, that would be the only way to do it. It, right. it probably wouldn't be a. It probably it probably shouldn't be a framework that it should be framed around. Let me get some confessions. Yeah, no, you don't even. This one should probably be how you would probably do it as, you know, let me teach you. You're not going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Right. Some of these things may fit, mm-hmm. right? Who 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 who's, who who goes on IG strictly to look at the half-naked women? 50% of you. Six, I, I mean, no, let's say 75%. No, I'm just saying raise your hand. But you say raise your They're hand. They're not going to raise their hand. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't raise my hand. Somebody's going to raise Somebody's going to raise their hand. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't raise my hand. Cause see the IG thing, but but why? But why wouldn't you raise your hand if you know? Cause I don't be IG doing now. <laughs> see, not 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 he lying. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a, no, look, so look, I was gonna say this. I wouldn't raise my hand because, to be honest, I'm more of a shyer, introverted type of person. Okay. Right. So I've got to be an advocate for people that's similar to me. But if you okay. come to so the that's class, why I kind of ask questions. How would it work? You're Brock. You're an extrovert. Extreme extrovert. He's an outgoing person. He's not going to understand somebody's in the back that's blushing, that doesn't want to say anything, but actually is dealing with I'm going to call issue. him out. Raise your hand, Stephanie. <laughs> 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 hey, who want to see our DMs right now? <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? No, but, but no, but I mean, at the end of the day, because to me, if you came to the class, you're curious. And if you start to feel a vibe, you're going to open up anyway. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. A lot of people aren't, so it probably has to be a framework. Because this somebody may take this show, and they may actually use these, this recipe that we're talking about right now as a framework to start talking about a sexual class for you know young adults and people in the church. It needs to be a framework like you just said. Let me start talking about my transparencies and where I'm at, and let's talk about all the areas of sex. Some of these areas are going to hit you, right? You're going to have some, it's going to give you some information. So now this first class is about an inward look within that person and that individual. Are, do any of these, you know how to, the, the commercials that hit you at night. Do you sleep at night and wake up in the morning? Right. <laughs> they don't just hit you with the, they don't right. just hit you with the medicine. Right. They hit you with, do these Bad symptoms face. sound like you? Right. Yeah. Do you read, do you watch porn at night and go to sleep right after? Right, and we know why you went to sleep right after. But you go to sleep right after. But but no, do you wake up feeling guilty? Well, no. Well, this class is just for you, right? You know, when those kind of things, and then you start telling them the information that they need in order to be free from those sexual immoralities, because those are things that keep us away from the glory of God. Right. right. Well, even leading up to this, the other day when me and my daughter were in the car, because I knew this topic was going to come up, I asked her. I said, "Do you do you know what sex is?" And she said, uh, yeah, I said, what is it? She said, when two people love each other and it go too far. And, <laughs> and I said, the most innocent response I've yeah, ever heard. Be, That's dope. Yeah. And, and so because I asked her, you know, do your friends talk about kissing boys or kissing each other? You know, I'm. And let's go through the spectrum. Let's not right. pretend. Is this your first talk? No, we've talked about good touch, bad touch. We've talked about... Um, but see, I try to look at the maturity level of the child. So that's why you kind of prime them with the question. So we've had conversations because one thing, even that I feel like people, especially, and this was mainly church people, 
And this even goes back to the Cameron, Candace Cameron, Burr conversation at the beginning. People aren't even affectionate with each other in front of their kids. Right. And because you're not affectionate, kids don't even know how to be affectionate within a marriage. Right. Right. So it's like, I don't even know what affection looks like because I never saw my parents kiss each other. I'm not saying parents need to be tongue kissing or making out on the table in front of their kids. There should be some affection. There should be. So kids know that this is a healthy sexual relationship that my parents are in that my, my dad really loved like kids. Like you might hear people talk about, I remember my dad, when my mom would be cooking, he would come up from behind her, grab her waist and kiss her on the neck. Oh, you so beautiful. I love what you like. And so your kids grow up. Now they, grow up either wanting to do that or have that expectation, but they saw affection in a healthy, positive way. But if all your affection and is behind closed doors, your kids don't even know what that looks like. Right. When was the last time you actually saw like um, a, a marriage at church that looked healthy? <sighs> the couple's, barely sit together and right. when they do they barely touch each other they right. look like they don't know each other they look like the only time they had sex was when they had kids right <laughs> no i agree you know what I mean? right and so look at them and then look at the congregation you know the topic of sex is not about to be discussed because y'all not having it yeah now i remember the first time <clears throat> my dad talked to me about sex we you know we were in the truck i think this song was playing right here it was a uh, <laughs> I'm nervous. Oh, good. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is the song that was playing. This is the song Jim, if I can get it. Okay. <laughs> we don't want to get no copyright. <laughs> He's like, yeah, nah, you know, Buck. Well, you know, because he called me Buck. <laughs> this said, ain't yeah. minutes to society. Yeah, this yeah, you know, Buck. <laughs> he said, yeah, you don't want to be out here, you know, because I know what it's like to be out here. You want to stay focused. Don't let none of these women distract you. And stay pressed on the mark with you and God staying focused on that. Now, we never really had the discussion about the actual acts of sex. We talked about some of those things at various times. It was more, I didn't want to talk to my mom about any of that stuff. Okay. None of those things. My dad, totally different. I didn't mind talking to him about certain things, but I laughed and giggled as we talked about it. Right. But those talks actually helped me to, that, that actually furthered, Secured my decision in me staying focused. Okay. You know, and pressing towards trying to be celibate until I got to an age to where I was like, well, even, even, and I think I've told you this before, Shonda, is that if I'm having a conversation with somebody at church and I say the word penis and they're my age and they blush, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared for the future. Right. Because (laughs) I shouldn't say penis or vagina. And you blush and you're 35, 36, 37, 38 years old. Right. And you have four kids. And, you know, and you, you've seen it. Right. You know, and handled Right. At least a few times. Right. So. Exactly. So at least four, at least four. Right. I got at least four instances right here. Right. That you know what a penis is and you know what a, and, and he knows what a vagina is. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, these shouldn't even be things that make people blush. Right. And like Stefan said. So when I back to when I was talking to my daughter is, you know, I, I didn't want to take it too far because it, she wasn't ready for, for that conversation, right. but just to gauge and see where she is and things like that. But she knows that I'm aware. She knows that we're going to 
further this conversation. Cause even with my son, when I had the conversation with him about sex, I started when he was about nine or 10, really getting into it, but I, I didn't approach it the way most people approached it. My approach, and I could be wrong. I could be right. Um, you know, some people were like, that was stupid or whatever. But my thing was this: I wasn't going to make sex seem like it was a forbidden fruit. Okay. I wasn't going to tell him, don't be out here doing it. It's wrong. My thing is, is God's desire is for a husband and a wife to have sex. Mm-hmm. And that is my desire for you to have sex with your wife. But, but there is a possibility that you may experience it, try it beforehand. I am not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you sex is not pleasurable. I am not going to sit here and tell you that I was not having premarital sex. That's how you got here. You can do the math. Me and your mom have been married this long. Right. And how old are you? You understand what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you sex doesn't feel good, that you're not going to enjoy it, that it's not going to be pleasurable, but there are some things that come from having sex. There are things that you can get rid of. There are things you can't get rid of. There are, there are consequences to your actions and not all of them are uh, secular. Some of them are spiritual as well. Right. And you need to understand that. And so from that conversation, we expounded and, and we would talk every once in a while and things like that. So I felt comfortable with that conversation that I had with him because I wasn't going to sugarcoat it. I felt as though I needed to be honest. Now I never had that conversation directly with me that way because you know, um, they just didn't talk to us that way. Right. It was kind of like the same conversation. Stephan said, be focused. Don't be doing, no, you need to let people know because when you experience it, any type of experience, because and I read a statistic one time, I don't know how true it is. You know, they ask people these questions in the honest and not, but they said 82% of males first sexual experience is through masturbation. Okay. So we don't even, I mean, even to talk about masturbation to yeah. be uh healthy and things like that, we don't even have those conversations because if they not have a sex with somebody else, more often than not, your boys that's between 12 and 16. Oh yeah. You know, they, they in that bathroom a lot longer. Experience. No, I'm saying they in that bathroom a lot longer than they used Listen, to be. Man, there's nothing worse than walking in the bathroom and you getting the towels for laundry and it's stuck to the thing. <laughs> or the shampoo is gone. You know, like, right. hey, you know, hey. Why 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 am I buying more lotion frequently? Where why is it a big glob in my Vaseline? All your towels are red. Right. From now on. Right. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Don't touch the brown, the blue, the red <laughs> is your cut. That's all I'm saying. Right. I mean, so. Been through that. But so, but, yeah. but that's a, but those are, those, that's honesty though. Yeah. We don't have those honest conversations. Like if you don't have these honest conversations, if you're not able to talk like this and not be able to say, these are the realities of people, mm-hmm. young people, of mm-hmm. older people, then we will continue to have this cycle where, a grown woman is taking a picture with her husband where his hand is, when I say innocently on her breast, right. it almost looked like like some joke where a teenager, where he kind of right. slides his hand and kind of cuffs her. It wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it a cuff. Wait a minute. Okay, B, wait a minute. <laughs> even if it wasn't innocent. Right. If he walked up to her, both hands out, grabbed both of her breasts. Right. And squeezed them, their heads. Right. They've been married 20 years. 
instead of saying anything negative, you should be celebrating the fact that, that after 24 years, he still wants to touch her breast. Agreed. <laughs> he kills me when he gives that one word answer. <laughs> he comes up to the mic. But no, I no, because a lot of times, you know, people... That that is the beginning of the end. The kids is older. I can't stand you. We only married right. because we gotta be, and I don't want to get a divorce because yep. the, the Bible and things like that. But like you said, the fact that we can have a playful relationship like this, that we can do this, and not and and for and and at the end of the day, these people who make these comments, I know where you at. What what is you doing? Like you on IG, mm-hmm. and I know what. 90% of the content on IG is. Right. You probably making your comments from the basement. <laughs> While your wife upstairs. Right. Or, you know, or the wife could be in the basement. Right. It's just not yeah. Let's not the men. Yeah. And your husband upstairs. They've been married over 20 years. Come on. And and trust me, if if more church people were legally having sex, the congregations would be happier. It wouldn't be so much bitterness. You wouldn't be so stuck up. You wouldn't be in everybody else's business because you'd be trying to get home. Hey, babe, you know what? Church is over. Let's go home. Right. But you want to hang around here and be the last one to leave because y'all not trying to go home because ain't nothing happening in your house. That's why you're so concerned about what's happening in my house. That was a word right there. People get saved and stopped having sex. True. That's <laughs> I just did that again. Right. <laughs> I leave this guy you should be having more sex now that you understand what it's about. You understand what it's for, and you have this wonderful relationship with God. You should always want to experience this glorious, wondrous, you know, wondrous time, you know, with the person that God has given you. You know, it is a representation of his marriage with the church. You should always be doing that until he comes back. Right. So if you're not, Zip it. Don't say nothing about Candace and her husband or anybody else and, and their husband or wife who's having a good time. Go figure out how to have a good time. Wow. That was a word. Boom. That was brought to you. That was brought to you by uh Rabbi Shonda. She'll be here all week. Tip your bartenders and waitresses on the way out. That was church right there. Yeah, no, that, that's a fact. So uh I think we have about to wrap it up. So I think Shonda gave her words. You 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 want to follow that up, Steph? No, Shonda, did you give your word? I oh, think yeah. you probably have some last things you want to say. No, no, no. Go ahead. You sure? Yeah. All right, great. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to start off with uh, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Um, we just discussed everything on this, the show today, and everything was to really bring to the light the um, taboo of sex in the church and how everybody's doing it. Everybody's having sex. Everybody's you know, has their own desires of sex, and if you're doing it or not doing it, it still should be a talk that you should have. If those are frustration areas for you, those are areas that the enemy can creep in to try to make you have sex early or to to knock you off of a road that you're going on, a, a road of celibacy to get married, or even being a kid or, or having a child that is curious about sex. 
the scripture says that, um, that you should be honorable to know how to handle your body to be honorable and true to the Lord. So you really need to be honest on where you're at right now. And if you have some issues about it, you can go see Brock or something. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be around, you know, they're, they're, Anytime, I'm pretty sure Brock has it on his, on the uh, on Instagram, where you can, if it's something you want to DM, DM him, maybe about a prayer request or something like that. I'm pretty sure he's open and doing that. Also, we can start doing that. But these are talks that need to be had because our goal is to draw you closer to God, and we can talk about the things that we all go through because I myself go through those those same issues. And I see how it draws you away from God. We want to be able to have the fruits that draw you closer to God and not away from God. So I believe that this show was one of those things that opened up a great discussion that we can bring into the light. And it doesn't have to be as taboo. So that was my final thoughts. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, Before I say my last word, again, I want to thank you, Rabbi, for coming out here. And um, give you a round of applause. I appreciate you coming out. I really do. Steph, I always appreciate you. I think this was a good conversation today. Um, every week I begin the show and I end the show by saying uh, the road to Damascus, where it's, about, it's not about the road, but it's about the journey. And at the end of the day, this life is a journey. And then on this journey, we're going to have things that are going to go our way and we're going to have things that don't go our way. But we have to be honest about the things that we're going through if we ever want to grow. And if we are not honest with first and foremost ourselves, we cannot be honest with other people. And what the church has done, and when I say church, I don't mean building, I mean body. What the church has done is we have suppressed voices that need to be heard. We have not made ourselves open for people to be able to express themselves in a way that can be healthy so we can be able to help them in these areas the, the, the church should be a hospital that is treating people that have symptoms. And one thing that we talk about, like pre-existing conditions, those are things that might be strongholds and generational curses. But we also talk about preventative care. And the thing that is always important is preventative care. And if we don't, as a church, begin to operate in preventative care, we will continue to see the deterioration that we've seen when it comes to these voids getting filled by other things. So if you take anything else from this show, I want you to take that. We need to be performing preventative care to be able to help people walk this journey because it won't be an easy journey. It's going to be difficult, but at the end of the day, you can walk this journey. So I just want to thank you all for coming in. I want to thank every, all of our listeners. Keep helping this show grow. We're going to continue to put good content out there. This is the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, but it's about the journey. We're out. <laughs>